On this episode of the 10 Code Podcast, we discuss recruitment and the challenges police and fire departments and emergency communication centers are facing not only nationwide, but here locally. I'm your host, Larry Flowers. I'm the public information officer for both the police and fire department. And our guest today uh, here on the left is Murfreesboro Police Department Recruitment Sergeant Jason Higgins. On the end is Murfreesboro Emergency Communication Center Director Seth Russell. And in the center, last but not least, is Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department Assistant Chief Brian Lowe. What are some of the biggest challenges you face as a recruiter? And uh, Assistant Chief Lowe, let's begin with you. Sure. Uh, thank you for having us, Larry. Uh, specifically speaking for the fire department, uh, some of our biggest challenges uh, are really just the just the short windows we have to hire folks. Um, uh, usually when people approach me with uh, questions about hiring, uh, they want to know when, 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 uh, you know, instant gratification. Uh, uh, it takes several months, even after the even after we do take applications, uh, to go through the hiring processes, the panels, the ability test. Uh, we on, we only hire about uh, four times a year at the most, so it's uh, patience comes into play. And uh, so I'd say, as a recruiter, uh, getting when I when I'm filling those questions, I always have to say, hey, if you'll wait, I've got some dates for you. Here's when I need to see your application come in. So it's. Uh, a lot of times I don't see those applications because we're always uh, competing with this, you know, that, this greater Nashville area uh, for recruits and they often find jobs elsewhere. And Sergeant Higgins, what about you? Um, what's the biggest challenge you've faced uh, as a recruiter? Um, I think like Chief Lowe said, I think one of the biggest things we have is uh, just our competition around us. And pretty much, especially in the law enforcement world, everyone is hiring. Everybody is short-staffed. And a lot of times it comes down to who calls first. Uh, our process takes about three months from the beginning, the first day of testing up until the day you actually start. And, you know, getting those people in, uh, making us more desirable than the other places. And really, uh, I've kind of come to a point where I let the city sell itself a little bit. Um, I invite them to come and visit. Uh, I'll take them on tours of the department. I invite them to bring their families in and things like that to go with them to kind of sell the whole the whole thing. But um, honestly, right now, it's just, you know, like Chief said, that it's when you have Nashville next door and they can offer some things that we just can't because they're just a much larger place than we are. So we have to compete with that. So I think we do just on different levels. So I have to I have to convey that a lot. <laughs> and uh, Seth, what about you uh, from a dispatching uh, uh, side of things, very challenges. Very similar. Um, we do only hire about once a year for entry level, so that timing piece is a challenge. That's based on our um, capacity for our training program, um, and also the, the 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 competition in the market. Similar on the police side, uh, with Nashville and everything. And, and part of the biggest challenge we have is, you know, we've we've invested in our our benefits and um, um, perks and incentives, and you know, we we definitely. Um, look different than most centers given our size and what we have to offer and just the challenge of getting that word out so um, a lot of um, experience not only professionals are moving to the middle tennessee area so we've been focusing a lot on getting that information out on social media um, other platforms through apco and the other associations getting that word out on the on the experience posting we do have that continuous so it's more that that outreach that public outreach um, 
uh, for those interested candidates that are moving here. Have you uh, seen or have you uh, changed your way of recruiting, uh, considering it's uh, sort of difficult to recruit? We have. Um, up until last year, we were focusing a lot more on entry level. And we, we built the, the, the um, experience um, uh, posting out similar um, to the, the, the police side. So our focus the last year had been mainly to appeal to and recruit those experienced applicants coming from uh, we've we received applicants and successfully hired and they're in our training program now all the way from Colorado, Kansas, New York, Pennsylvania, Florida. Um, and in about four to six a year, we've seen those experienced candidates come uh, come to us and see what we have to offer and we're excited to join our team. Um, and then we had to change our, our entry level process, uh, scale that back to about once a year. So, And Chief Lowe, um, have you changed any way uh, that you used to recruit in the past? Is it sort of different now? How do you recruit now? Well, uh, I'm not real familiar with what they did in the past. I've only been in this position for two or three years, but you know, I'm, con I'm constantly working with the employee services uh, to determine what's the next best step. How can we improve, uh, I guess, our applicant pool? Mm -hmm. And they, employee services, they help out a lot with that, uh, with some of their mailers that they put out. Um, uh, Shandria Womack, she's our, uh, uh, I guess, our, our social media uh, liaison. Uh, and she put, gets a lot of that out. And then uh, when uh, the fire department jobs post on government jobs, I think there are some, uh, some trade publications that will actually pick that up. We, um, you know, we get a lot of responses uh, from across the country. Sergeant Higgins, I know, you know you're new to this position as well, and you've come up with all sorts of creative ways uh, to, um, you know, recruit that we failed to do in the past. Uh, just what are some of the things that you're doing now to, to recruit applicants? Well, like you said, we, we've never had a dedicated recruiting division up to about six months ago, uh, which I've started uh, that when they put me in that position. Um, so I have tried to really meet people halfway uh, I've been very aggressive with my approach to recruiting. Um, if people call and they want to talk, I'm uh, as soon as they apply, I, I don't know they apply until I'm told that we have an application or whatever. And uh, our personnel department sends me that information. They send me name and phone number. I will immediately call that person, introduce myself to them, uh, make myself available for questions or anything like that, and uh, show an interest back in the applicant. Uh, so to speak, and so far it seems to be working fairly well. Uh, I am currently looking at several different options for uh, that a lot of other agencies are already doing as far as advertising, getting our name out there, and uh, things of that nature. So uh, social media is a, is a big thing. Obviously, you, you help me quite a bit with that, I mean, with some stuff like that. And so just trying to get our name out there and put us on the map for some people that may not have thought about us before and uh, let them know what we have to offer. And Seth sort of uh, touched on it uh, earlier. Um, are you guys mainly recruiting locally? Are you recruiting in the state? Are you recruiting nationally? Just talk about the pool of applicants that you're getting uh, from various uh, areas of uh, Tennessee and the nation. Yeah, we're uh, again, we're, we focused a lot up until the last year, focused a lot on those experienced uh, 911 professionals that are. Uh, naturally, for one way or the other, mo mostly family moves or want want a, uh, a change in what they're doing. Um, not necessarily necessarily anything against their current agency, but they're just moving to the Nashville area. So we're picking up, um, and we have that continuous posting. So 
the timing is really on kind of meeting that candidate halfway, uh, like Sergeant Higgins was saying. Is um, so generally um, we appeal to those out-of-state applicants that are looking to move here. That continuous posting is there available, and that hiring process is much quicker through that. And we kind of we try to meet them halfway when it comes to the hiring process. If they're in town, we, we set up a, a, a testing and interview time to streamline that process. We have a lot a uh, lot lot to offer as a medium-sized emergency communication center with when it comes to upper mobility training, professional development that some maybe uh, a smaller center doesn't um, uh, have. Um, and that's what we've seen is um, people are um, looking at us mainly for that, you know, that career 901, that upper mobility to uh, join us and, and, and make a, a, you know, a long or a medium time, you know, career out of it. So. And Assistant Chief Lowe, uh, same question. Uh, are you recruiting locally, in-state, nationally? Uh, just uh, a little bit of a little bit of all of it. Uh, I would say about 25% of our applications are from California, uh, maybe a little higher than that. This is just anecdotal. Um, uh, we hired five last, or about three weeks ago, and, and three of them were from California, uh, just migrating east. Uh, I field questions uh, just about every day. Uh, folks from the West Coast want to know what it's like here. Uh, locally, uh, we don't we don't take a lot of applicants from uh, Firefighters who work for, uh, I'd say, cities around us. It's, it's rare. Um, uh, but there are a lot of, uh, I guess, folks out on the, uh, out on the edge, uh, smaller towns who have met the qualifications, certifications, medical licensure that re we require, uh, and they applied, uh, just, I guess, wanting to move to a bigger department. So. And Sergeant Higgins, same question. I take all comers. I'm, I'm looking for any uh, good applicant. Uh, from anywhere and uh, kind of goes back to what I was saying just a second ago uh, I'm venturing out into some things that I'm trying to get done in the recruiting uh, way of things of getting our name out there and putting out that you know everybody's heard of Nashville and so when you got people from California because we have lots of California applicants as well and they start because they've heard of Nashville and they start looking in the Nashville area and then we pop up and so uh, Recently, uh, in this last uh, application round, we had four uh, candidates from New York Police Department, NYPD. Uh, I've probably taken another four phone calls from other NYPD officers who are moving south. Uh, California people I'm still talking to left and right, uh, just everywhere. So we've been to, uh, so far, <clears throat> we've been to Mississippi. I've been to Kentucky on uh, recruiting trips and things of that nature. Uh, universities there, um, trying to uh, look at that. Um, so I think uh, Fort Campbell is another uh, spot for us that we're actually going to this week uh, to look at. Now, they're open their doors to pretty much all recruiters to come in. Um, so again, I think for us, I think the most important thing for me right now is, is just to put us on the map. And again, I, I do believe Murfreesboro will sell itself. This agency will sell itself, the city will sell itself, and I will help every way I can to assist in that as well. But it's just getting our name out there and letting us know, letting people know outside of Tennessee that we exist. I've, I've often said, if you live in Tennessee, Murfreesboro is a big enough place that you know where we are and you know that we're here. Uh, it's letting the people that are not from here know we're here. And so I think that's uh, pretty important to us, uh, pretty important to me anyways, just to get us out there and and uh, and let the, let the city and the department kind of work itself from there. Sure. And since you have the mic, uh, uh, Sergeant Higgins, uh, what are the requirements to become a police recruit or um, someone who's already certified or 
a lateral, want to make a lateral uh, move, what are the requirements? So for lateral applicants, we do take those year round. Uh, we take applications year round for lateral applicants. Um, however, we still have certain testing dates and things of that nature that they will still fall under. Um, Non-certified folks, we do have certain times of year that we take those applicants as well. And then we'll run those along with laterals at the same time. Um, and uh, obviously they, they just submit their applications online. Uh, it comes to us, they get invited to a, a PT test which they'll take the PT test. That's the very first thing they do. Uh, if they pass that test that, that morning, they come back the same day for a written test. Uh, if they pass the written test, they're invited back usually the following day for they start the interview process there. And they interview from there um, on to a, a command staff interview the following day for non-certifieds. Lateral applicants get to skip that first interview board and they go straight to a command staff interview. So they still take the PT test. They still take the written test just like a non-certified applicant would do. However, they skip the interview board and go straight to a command staff interview. And then from there, any applicant that gets beyond that goes straight to um, a background checks and it goes from there. And uh, Assistant Chief Lowe, what are the requirements to become a fire recruit or um, or a certified firefighter looking to make a move? Sure, I'll, I'll speak to certified first because it's really the, mo uh, the most streamlined process we have. Uh, as long as a, an applicant has had a basic recruit academy, which is uh, right now is about a minimum of 310 hours, which I think Chief Folks uh, come up with that number. Just he was uh, researching the states around Tennessee, and it seemed like 310 was the, uh, I guess, the shortest class he had found. So he said, "Oh," and I think the one here in Tennessee is 400. So I think that was pretty much his uh, his threshold, if you will, of, of training for basic. As long as they have that basic training component, they're a certified firefighter, um, and it meets certain international standards like IFSAC or Pro Board, and they have a current medical licensure, either in Tennessee or the state where they are coming from, uh, that can receive reciprocity in Tennessee, then we uh, consider them uh, qualified. And then I will enter them in the process. We actually have interviews going off this week on Thursday, we'll be doing their ability test in the morning, uh, and then they'll have about an hour or two break, and then they'll go into panel interviews. Uh, uh, for both trainee and firefighter, um, we have panel interviews that are made up of captains, drivers, and firefighters. There are no chiefs in the process. We allow the, uh, essentially the suppression staff to pick who they wanna work with. Uh, but now, uh, back to trainee, uh, as, as long as you're 18 years old, uh, clean record and have a driver's license, you can enter into that process. Uh, we This year we're going to post on October the 1st uh, at the request of employee services. As some of the uh, statistical uh, numbers or some of the things they track, we're going to start going from October the uh, start on October the 1st, that process. Um, from there it will take about a month. Uh, we'll do a physical ability. Um, uh, if they pass the physical ability, they will be invited to take a written test. And then we'll have to find a, um, I guess, a cut score on that written test to interview. Uh, we typically have about 120 applicants, and we try to get that number down to around 75 to 80 uh, for an interview. Uh, but then once they interview, they will be ranked, and that ranking is usually good for a year. And so we, uh, we routinely have two recruit classes throughout the year. Uh, We'll have a 
hiring date somewhere around the first or second week of January, and we'll have about 14, 15 weeks of uh, pretty intense training, uh, fire training and medical training at that point, and then uh, uh, we'll turn around and do it again in August. Sure. So, and, and Seth, what requirements um, um, do you um, want for dispatchers, call takers, emergency communication yeah. specialists, uh, one and two? Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll speak to the experience uh, lateral applicant or candidate. So we do have a continuous posting for our emergency communication specialist to uh, position. That is what we consider our lateral. So it is, um, you must have eight months of prior experience working in a 901 um, public safety answering point or call center. Um, that is, as a, that's a minimum requirement. Um, so if you beat that requirement, you, you can uh, encourage you to apply. And um, we do also streamline our experience uh, lateral um, hiring process. So that, that day one that we schedule with that uh, candidate would be, uh, criti- would be the critical test, which is essentially a technical aptitude test for the, for the position. It's a pass-fail in the afternoon. You would have your one only um, interview, and that would be the chief's interview. Um, from that, we decide um, who, um, uh, what candidates would go to the backgrounds phase, and that takes about a month. Uh, then we go into the, the medical and the, the HR or the employee services requirement. So all in all, the, from the time you show up that first day, uh, test and interview from that potential start date, it's about two months. So it's, it's pretty streamlined. Uh, we do also look at a lot of preferred uh, certifications and training. We are a fully cross-trained emergency communication center with all personnel, so that's expectation with all personnel to eventually be cross-trained. So um, that includes uh, police, fire, and medical call handling. So we do have uh, certifications in uh, emergency medical dispatch and CPR. So if that is already, if, if a candidate's already certified in that, that's appealing to us because that's training are already completed. Well, let's talk about pay. You know, we all know that uh, public safety employees do not get paid what they're worth. They do an outstanding job every single day, uh, you know, putting their own lives at risk. Um, so what can we do like in terms of public safety recruitment? and uh, folks coming to our city, what can those recruits get paid? Uh, And we'll just start with like, I guess your basic, your fire uh, trainee, your police recruits, and uh, just a new hire for communication. So whoever wants to jump in first. I'll I'll jump in there. Um, Okay, for a trainee, and I I think I'm gonna take into account the raises we uh, had received earlier in the year, and and I'm I'm just gonna try to project out there. I know we've had uh, some votes recently uh, to uh, bump those bump that pay up. So uh, I think we're touch over 40 for trainee now, and that's coming in the door with nothing. Uh, uh, and then once hired, uh, once a person reports that first day, they are accruing benefits and they're getting paid to train. So, Sergeant Higgins, I think right now, uh, based off my math, if it's correct, uh, walking in the door off the street, it's about four, just under 47, it's 46, eight and some change. Uh, as a trainee, uh, and that's just walking in the door, then it's a, our pay is a little bit different because you're, you're at that pay until you are certified. And then if you're a lateral applicant, that, that's completely different as well. Yeah, same with us, with fire, yeah. Uh, for our entry level position, we're just about 40,000 uh, a year, and it's just above uh, $19 an hour for emergency communication specialist one position. And that's what we, we hire, we list for that about 
uh, once a year, and I, I didn't include that on the, the last question, Larry, but that, that's about a, a four-month hiring process, and the requirements for that is um, no, no pre previous uh, training, but you have to be 18 years old um, with a GED or high school diploma, and obviously we'll do a, a criminal background. And we are blessed in the sense that our mayor, our city council, our city manager, uh, they have made public safety a priority here in the city. Most recently, given a 7% cost of living raise uh, back in April, the budget just passed a few weeks ago, so therefore another 1.5% cost of living raise. And then depending on if you're on a step system, uh, you can get up to, I think, 2.5% uh, step for police and fire. Does this type of um, um, commitment from the city helps in recruiting, being able to say our mayor, our city council, our city manager believes in you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've noticed recently the applicants uh, that we're receiving, uh, of course, our, our, to be a firefighter, to meet that job description, the toughest uh, cert that they're going to earn is advanced EMT. Uh, we we don't get many applicants uh, who who meet that qualification. So it takes us about two or three years to get a person to that level. Uh, I'm seeing applicants now um, with their paramedic licensure, advanced EMT. These are folks that we can give uh, provide a three week orientation uh, once they're hired and put them on the street. I, I'll tell you just for me personally, I use that constantly and especially my lateral applicants um, when especially when we have a lot of uh, applicants coming from uh, New York and California areas um, I've talked to so many of those people I can't even begin to tell you how many people I've talked to and the political environment there is one of the biggest things they're trying to escape and that's the reason why they're looking here um, and we are so blessed to have uh, the mayor and the council that we have that's so supportive of us and I use that with almost everyone I talk to. Uh, I give examples of things that the mayor has said and when they came and supported us during the protest back uh, you know, a year or so ago, whenever that was, and, uh, and some of the things that he said during that. And when I tell those people that, when I share that with those uh, potential lateral applicants from California, from New York and uh, places of that nature, um, <clears throat> they, are, they like to hear it. And we, that is something that I will say that we have here that even our sister, some of our sister uh, cities don't have. And, uh, and again, I got, kind of go back to what I said earlier about letting the city sell itself. Um, that is part of it. Um, let's talk incentives. Uh, I know each department offers something different or some similar things that will attract uh, applicants. Uh, Seth, uh, talk about scheduling, you know. Yeah. Uh, pay for some of those experienced uh, Absolutely. employees. And I, I want to, and it rolls into that previous question too for us. And I want to echo what Sergeant Higgins was saying about um, the the support. And one thing about 901 Communications is, even with um, some uh, of our sister agencies, um, you know, it's always it, it, it can be always a debate. You know, what is public safety or or uh, not including 901 dispatch in uh, in public safety. So. I definitely would echo and um, and and praise our our leadership, both the department and also politically, that you know when I first got here in 2018, everyone was supportive, including that on communications in the public safety pay plan. So, and whenever 
uh, leadership talks about public safety, it's usually police, fire, and 911 communication. So, and that's that's a huge incentive when I uh, talk to applicants or um, candidates coming from out of town, or when we sit down and do the orientation, that really explaining that the city does see 911 uh, communications as part of public safety and works to, you know, comparable, leading to your, your, your next question, um, you know, getting us on a 40-hour work week uh, uh, as compared to our other public safety with police and fire, um, getting um, uh, paid lunches, um, obviously the workload dependent like, you know, public safety needs, but, you know, um, having um, those options for paid lunches like our police and fire, you know, we just recently went to a, a four-day work week with three-day weekends, um, and uh, that is a, a, trying to get uh, our 911 communication center into a, a better work-life balance. One additional uh, strong incentives we've done for not the 911 center was really provide some um, ability for upper mobility. So a lot of your centers don't have that, mainly because of the size. But given us that we are a medium-sized um, emergency communication center, we've really worked into uh, for those lateral positions, not only um, experience pay uh, for years of experience similar to the other uh, public safety disciplines, um, but also uh, once they're through the training program and off probation, they have opportunities to put in for uh, a trainer position, which comes with an additional uh, pay stipend, um, a, a quality assurance evaluator, which is a promotion within our center. Um, that's about 5% pay raise and also up, more upper, upper mobility into supervisory and coordinator positions from that. So definitely a place that you can come and uh, stay if you're looking for um, a career in 911. Assistant Chief Lowe, what type of incentives does uh, MFRD offer? What uh, you know drew me to the job was the, uh, the shift work, 2448s, uh, the ability to, um, uh, to you know, have a job on, on, your, on your day off. Uh, most people like to cut grass. I think you know we have a lot of, a lot of firefighters that have lawn care businesses, and, and, and they do that. A lot of, it, I mean, we have a lot of guys that play golf and fish, and, and that's their hobbies. They do uh, you know on their days off. That's something that uh, I guess always allowed me to really just disconnect from some of the, I guess some of the trauma that uh, and I, I guess scenes that I were exposed to through the years, but. Uh, as far as benefits, uh, leave, uh, you take one shift off, you have a block of five straight days where you're off. So, uh, you know, yes, do you miss some time? Uh, uh, yeah, someone has to be there 24, you know, seven. So if we're on, uh, we have three shifts, so 24, 48, it's going to roll around. It's going to hit holiday eventually. But so, yeah, time off, uh, shift, that's something that's in, uh, you know, the pay, it, it is what it is. We're, we're trying to get it up there to where it's comparable to those around us and uh, it's nominal. I think, uh, you know, the benefit package, the city, like you said, they're always working on it. Mm -hmm. Sergeant Higgins, what about you? Uh, same. I, I think incentives right now, um, at least in the law enforcement world, that's a little bit of the name of the game right now is agencies are pulling out all the stops to offer different things incentive wise. <laughs> to uh to make themselves more attractive to have that competitive edge i guess against each other uh, i know for us um, in government work um in just talking we we have hired i think six california previous california officers at this point but i know like just the retirement package of 401k uh 401 457 city matching up to eight percent of that that is extremely high in government work i think uh, i was talking to one of our uh, california uh 
transplants uh, the other day, and he was saying that they LA County only matched four percent, and so um, so that that's a positive thing. Um, so one thing we have for lateral applicants as well is we do pay for prior experience. So uh, we're on a step system here. So every year you're guaranteed on a step a certain percentage of raise every year. So what we do is is once they a lateral applicant has completed the training program and they are solo on their own, uh, we do pay them for prior experience up to five years. So if they have five years experience when they come in here, with it, somewhere around 14 weeks, they could potentially be on their own. And they once they complete that and they test out, they will jump to step six. So that's a pretty decent uh, pay difference. You're talking about 50000 to 57000 difference. So I know uh, command staff here and the chief has been working diligently uh, in the last few months to uh, get some other incentives for us. Some other things like that that are going to change the face of this department and how we, how we operate and stuff. So I've been very pleased with that pay-wise. Outside of Nashville, um, we're, we're, we're doing really well on that end of things. Like I said, we can always do better. Um, there's always things that we can do to be a better department. I think we strive constantly to, um, to do things to make us better. Um, I don't want to see us chasing the bar. I want to see us be the bar. And so, and I, I think we're, we're pushing towards that very, very strong. Well, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, we've been discussing, of course, uh, the public safety recruitment challenges for police, fire, and emergency communication. Uh, the public safety podcast originates from the Murfreesboro Police Department headquarters. Thank you for listening via Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music Audible. For more information on the public safety and uh, the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit our website www.murfreesboro.tn.gov. Until next time, I'm Larry Flowers. You have a great day.